The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Jesus told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord. Our readings this morning are all about a virtue that our earliest spiritual ancestors in this faith spilled a great deal of ink on scrolls over. That is the virtue of humility. Humility, no matter what society or part of the world we live in, is always a problem for the human family. Jesus' world, by way of contrast to ours, was a society that was built on honor and shame. And the whole goal was to bring as much honor as you possibly could to yourself and to your family, and there were prescribed patterns of behavior in order to do just that. And if there was shame at all in the family or in the community, the shamed were shut out, put outside, or cast off the ladder. Our society still has vestiges of this, but we sometimes pride ourselves, watch that word, pride, on being a meritocracy, right? We get what we earn, and we can earn our way up the ladder through hard work and diligence and care. But anyone who's been around the society for long and sort of looks underneath the lid knows that's not actually what's happening, is it? 
That's the veneer. That's the hope. That's the promise of what we call, frankly, the American dream. But what we really know is that underneath all of that, we have a society that is built largely on class, wealth, and race. And that determines not only where you are in the ladder at any given time, but where you start at the beginning. And the truth of that is very painful to recognize. Because it means there's a contradiction between what we believe, our common myth, and what truly is going on. And that gap is what causes so much trouble in our culture. Both of these social ladders, in Jesus and Luke's day and in ours, is the fundamental spiritual problem that the parable gets at. Jesus depicts the Pharisee, a faithful, righteous, holy one of his day, who is high on the ladder, is probably recognized for the good things he has done in the community and the good things he has done for his family. But you notice what his discourse with God is like. I'm glad I'm not like other people. Thank you, God. I do all the right things. The subtext is, so I deserve to be here. Right? Where is there room for God in that? I don't think there's much daylight there. Do you? No cracks to get through, no vulnerabilities to get into. Jesus, in his usual parabolic formula, then depicts the exact opposite of the Pharisee in his society, the tax collector. You think people who work for the IRS are treated badly today. Tax collectors in Jesus' day were so far outside the door that they couldn't even think about asking to be let in. And yet Jesus says, by simply being open to the fact that he is a sinner, the tax collector goes home more justified in his faith, in his relationship with God, than does the Pharisee for being so righteous. It's a striking image. But it still doesn't exactly answer the riddle, what do we mean when we talk about the virtue of humility? A big problem for us is we equate humility with humiliation. There are two different things. But humiliation is all about the ladder again, right? Getting knocked down a rung or two or off the ladder, heaven forbid. And the anxiety that that generates in us causes us to do all kinds of awful things to ourselves and to one another. All you have to do is read the headlines, right? We're constantly reaching up to pull other people down or we're making sure that people below us see our boot on a regular basis to remind them to keep their place. That's 
about humiliation. No, Jesus is talking about humility. This is such an ancient spiritual problem that not only do our Christian spiritual ancestors have a lot of ink spilled about this, but so do the earliest strands of the rabbinical tradition reflecting all the way back to one of the foundational texts, and that's the text of Genesis. You remember that? You remember the story, of course, about Adam and Eve. I don't know about you, but it's one of the first stories I can ever remember from the Bible because it's so vivid. And there are lots of ways to talk about what the story of Adam and Eve means. I like to think about it as a story about growing up. But you remember how the story begins. Adam and Eve are in the garden doing what God has called them to do. And do you remember their condition? It's okay, I know it's church and it's a Sunday morning. They're naked, right? And it's not so much their nakedness and the tastefulness or lack of taste about that that concerns me. The condition those early commentators want us to understand of Adam and Eve is that they are vulnerable to one another, to the conditions of the garden, and above all else, to their God. And it's fine. It's fine. That's how they were made. God wants them to rely on the divine source of all life and love. Why shouldn't they? It's sort of like saying, well, I'd rather not. I'll just stop breathing. I don't want to have to breathe. That's crazy, right? But it's like that when Adam and Eve are tempted and give in to partaking of the fruit of the tree. Do you remember? Of good and evil. Knowledge of good and evil. Which means what? Judgment. They take on God's role in their own lives. And what's the first thing that happens? They realize that they are naked, that they are vulnerable. So what do they do? Well, they sew fig leaves, all right, clothing, and they go and hide out of shame. The ladder has been set up. And God has to come looking for them in the garden. You start to get the picture. The opposite of humility is our problem, and that is what many commentators think is the primordial and truly original sin, as Augustine of Hippo would call it much later in the fourth century, and that is the sin of pride, of putting ourselves in the place of God in our lives. There are so many ways we do it, and we're really good at it, you could say. Or you could say we're just really bad at it because we don't make very good gods most of the time, hard as we try. Jesus' invitation and the grace of the gospel is to help us see that there is an alternative to the latter that every society has presented us with. And that is to get back 
to that holy vulnerability in the garden. To put all things just as the tax collector did, the sinner that he was, the scoundrel that he was, the pariah that he was in his own society, to put everything back into the hands of the God who made him. To be vulnerable. Because humility isn't about false modesty, isn't about allowing ourselves to be walked on like doormats, isn't about humiliation. It is about embracing what is true and what is real. And the fact is, we are made as vulnerable creatures. So, on whose care, then, will we cast that vulnerability? On God's. Because God knows us best. God made us. Jesus argues, God loves us. Wants us to be free. That is our spiritual challenge. I'll leave it to you whether that's good news or bad news or somewhere in the middle. Maybe it's a combination of all three, right? But the work before us is the work of stepping away from the ladder, of embracing humility, of who we truly are and who God truly is. If you ask me how we get there, I have no magic formula for you. There's no instruction manual. Remember the meritocracy. If you read the instruction manual and you follow the instruction manual, then you get to the right place on the ladder. Uh Uh-uh, no. We've stepped away from the ladder. But look at the example in the parable. What does Jesus show us? The path to humility begins with what? Prayer. A complete and utter offering of ourselves to the God who loves us. Unlike the Pharisee, there's no bribe or negotiation. I behaved so well. That's really hard for us. But it's the deeper truth that Jesus is getting at. For everything that has happened to us and everything we have done, for all the ways we have fallen short, for all the ways we have fallen off the ladder, for all the ways we have been pushed off the ladder, Jesus says, give it all up to God, the one who made you. And it begins with a simple step. Where it goes from there is not up to us. That's humility. And that's where our life with God begins anew. Here's the best news of all. It's never too late to start. 
and it is always with us. The moment is now. If you want to wait, God will wait. If you want to start, God will start. Even now, before you take your next breath. That's where the transformation of the world begins. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.